you're able, why don't you get on your feet with me? Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand together all across this place. Let's lift our voice in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're filled with the Spirit, if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, why don't you just pray in the Spirit? Come on. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We magnify. Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord in prayer and praise. Mananamase, kebra mando, sorarene manda, rebaba mande leveshia mai, rondo la makete. Jesus, Jesus, we magnify you. Ralalama mande, sanamando, bremande le mosso toko, bramande le mese, manalamando. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. My soul makes its boast in you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, I magnify you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of all my praise. La 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 ma cose bremai. Yala ma sotona na mandele le mese. Yana mando la 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 ma koto bramama se. Reba mata la la ma so. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Grab your Bibles, your devices. Before I jump into the message this morning, I'm going to invite Carmen to come. We're starting up a new uh, care group series, our small groups here at the church, and we just wrapped up a series. Carmen was involved in that. So why don't you share just a little bit of your experience in small groups and the care groups and what happened? Well, um, Care groups was really nice. It was awesome. It was a great time. As a newbie, I got to learn so many names. Well, it wasn't so many, but I got to know the people's names in my group. So I guess we had a fairly large group. We had about, I don't remember, 12 people or so. Um, so yeah, so that was really good. And it was awesome to get to know each other and just walk each other through um, some of the things that everybody was walking through. Um, um, we studied the book of John, and um, so we'd come together and just discuss it, and um, Mike and Tony Sloan were our leaders. We met at Kathy's house, and yeah, it was really good. It was really good. So we got to grow in the Word, and we got to just discuss it and what Lord the Lord was, um, you know, just revealing to each one of us, um, and so we also had a little yellow um, book that we wrote all of our prayer requests. But then we also had all of our praise reports, our testimonies that the Lord did through our um, time together. So that was really good. And there was a lot. Um, let's see, what else? What else would there be? It was just really good to get to know people um, and pray with each other and just walk each other through that season of our lives. And then now to know them. You know, we all know each other now. And so we can um, just connect more with, with each other on the things that may, we might still be walking through or had that victory over. And, um, oh, the last day was really awesome because we all um, prayed in the Spirit and to see what the Lord wanted to give each one of us. So then we prophesied the Word of God over each other. And so that was really nice. It was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Carmen. That's great. If you're, uh, if you're currently leading a small group, hosting a small group, or assisting to lead a small group, can you stand up? If you're, if you're hosting, leading, or assisting leading a small group, just stand to your feet. Um, and I know there's others who aren't in the room uh, that are hosting, they're, they're with children. But you can be seated. Thank you. Hopefully you took note of someone around you that's leading or hosting a care group. Uh, if you're not in a care group, see one of those folks and they'll get you connected. Uh, if you have any questions about small groups or getting signed up, you can also stop by um, the church office or the information desk, go on our website, all the different things, all the avenues, and we want to get you connected into a small group. If you have your Bibles, you can go to uh, Jude. There's only one chapter, so Jude 
It's funny, Heather started talking about overflowing. She didn't know what I was preaching this morning. But the title of my message this morning is Being Full of the Spirit of God. Be full of the Spirit. Tell somebody next to you, say, you need to overflow with the Holy Ghost. Overflow. You know, it was interesting. She, was, she brought up that example with Rabbi Eric. And uh, for those who don't know Eric, he is a great friend of our church. He's a Messianic Jewish pastor, rabbi. Uh, teach, whatever you want to call him, he's, he's one of those. And uh, he's, he's a great friend of ours. He's ministered here at the church before. And uh, he's going to be coming back actually after the first of the year. to uh, We're going to actually do a series on the Sabbath. And he's going to help us dive into that and the importance of that in the Jewish background, the Jewish heritage and history around that and why it's so important. But uh, So we did a Shabbat or a Sabbath this weekend with the, uh, the ministers and got away and did that, um, and he demonstrated for us. But one of the one of the final elements of the Sabbath um, is that the the Jewish people would take and, and still do um, this. This tradition has been passed down for thousands of years. They still do this, but they they take a bowl, put the wine glass in the in the bowl, and overflow it. They pour and pour until there's. Uh, juice or wine overflowing into the bowl that's holding it. And it's to demonstrate, as Heather said, it's to demonstrate the fullness or the overflow of God in the Sabbath. That the Sabbath is all about, matter of fact, it starts at the very beginning. It starts with recognizing the glory of God. Sabbath is all about the glory of God coming in, the presence, the as we say, the Shekinah, the Shekinah, the glory of God coming in. On, on the home, on the house, as they celebrate the Sabbath. And so the overflow, there was a great picture of overflow, that by the end of the Sabbath, we are to be overflowing with the presence of the Lord, overflowing with his glory as you go into the coming week. And uh, so anyway, it was just a great illustration. But man, what a powerful example. And I, I didn't even think of that until she said that this morning again. But what a powerful example of the overflow that God wants in our lives, overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Every aspect of your life overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So tell somebody next to you, say overflow. Come on, slap somebody and say, you need to overflow today. If you're not overflowing before you leave today, you can be overflowing. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. You don't have to be dried up, stale, and stagnant. You can be overflowing with his presence today, with the spirit of the Lord. Overflow. In Jude chapter uh, 1, the only chapter, verse 17, it says, But you must remember, beloved, the predictions, and I'm reading out of the ESV, it says, You must remember the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you that in the last time there will be scoffers. Everybody say scoffers. Following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I just want to unpack this a little bit, but we are to pray uh, here. We are told that we ought to be praying in the Holy Ghost, building ourselves up in our most holy faith. The word scoffers there is the word for mockery. It is expressing hatred to another or disapproval. We live in a day full of people, a culture that is devoid of the Spirit of God, that is mocking hatred. They're, they're spewing out hatred towards the body of Christ to, to his servants to the church. We're seeing it all around us. We're living in this time, and we're, we're reminded that these times were going to come. We've been told from the beginning that these times were coming. We're living in these days, and it's people who are following after their wicked lust, they're following after their ungodly passions or wicked lust and desires, and they are devoid of the Spirit. They deny the Holy Spirit. They're denying, they do not possess, they do not have the fullness of the Spirit of God. And so it's important for you and I to be filled with the Holy Ghost. How do we prevent divisions and strifes and and responding out of hatred and, and fear and anxiety. You must be 
full of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be overflowing, filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, they were all in one place, in one accord, when the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit is the great orchestra director. He's the great symphony director that brings you and I together in unity. These, these men and women of diverse backgrounds and cultures and experiences were together on that day in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit brought them together in synchrony. They, he brought them together in divine unity. And that is his work in our life today. That in the middle of a world full of division, in the middle of a world full of strife and disunity and, and, and discord... Jesus has poured out the Holy Ghost upon you and I to bring supernatural unity, bring supernatural harmony that you and I begin to flow together as a symphony to the Lord. Amen. So we've got to be full of the Holy Spirit. This isn't a day to play church games, friend. This isn't an hour to just, just be pacified with another good sermon or a good message or just to come to church and pat ourselves on the back. We need the fullness of the Holy Ghost. We need to preach and to practice the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. So these people were devoid of the Spirit. They had they, de they denied the Holy Spirit. They did not want the Holy Spirit. I, I maybe think of churches like that today. They're de I won't go there, but devoid of the Holy Spirit, denying Him access. I don't want to deny Him access. But He says to build up, build yourselves up. Build yourselves up. That word to build yourself up is to build a house, construct a house, or to build or to edify, to build upon. That we're going to build ourselves up to construct, to create. When you begin to pray in the Spirit, you are creating dimensions, levels of revelation, insight, spiritual authority. As you're praying in the Spirit, you're creating, you're allowing God to create in your life to build precept upon precept, layer upon layer, little by little. You're stepping up, building up the layers of God's work in your life as you pray in the Spirit. So you might find yourself today, you say, well, I, I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. I don't know a whole lot about Jesus. And, or, or, or maybe you've been at this a while and you still don't know a whole lot. Wherever you're at in this, praying in the Spirit is a way to edify and to build up your faith. There's a revelation of God that can happen supernaturally in your life as you're in the Word I don't know if you've ever been in the Word and you scratch your head and you look at that and you're saying, what, what is it, Lord? What are you saying? What are you speaking? You have to remember this is Spirit-inspired, written Word of God. This Word was inspired, written by the Holy Ghost through men whom He inspired. So this is the God-breathed Word. If you want to understand and have precept upon precept, layer upon layer, building the house of your life, you've got to have the Holy Spirit at work building layer upon layer in your life. It doesn't just do you good enough just to come to church. Come to church is great. You need that. But that's not enough. Come on now. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Just putting money in the offering plate isn't enough. It's good, but it's not enough. You have to learn to practice a life full of the Holy Spirit. It was so imperative, so important. The Holy Spirit's ministry in this life for you and I is so imperative, so important. Jesus commanded his disciples... Don't leave Jerusalem until. Until what? Not until another sign, not, a, not until another wonder, not until, no. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you have received what? The promise of the Father. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father in our lives. So building ourselves up, we're constructing, we're building 
Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself. That word uh, there in the Greek is to gaze intently at, to behold or to hold fast to, to see the love of God, to gaze at his love, to see his beauty, to become fastened, focused in on his love. In this life, we can be so distracted. Pastor Grace was singing this earlier and said it. We can become so distracted by all the things happening around us. The whirlwind of life distracts our attention over here and over there. And all we begin to see is the problems and the issues, right? But as we begin to pray in the Spirit, what happens? The Holy Spirit zeroes in our focus. He zeroes in our attention. He causes our eyes to begin to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. We begin to see Him in His splendor. We begin to see His love and the overflow of that love into our lives. We begin to see the majesty of that love. My God, I wish somebody would help me this morning. When I begin, what happens is my attention gets off the things of this world and I begin to zero in on his love. <clears throat> There's a lot of things that would want to get my attention, but when I pray in the Spirit, he zeroes. So i got to build myself up in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Keeping myself in the love of God. Now, it's easy to get distracted. There, there would be, there's a reason why he says, keep yourself in the love. There's a reason why he says to gaze intently. Because you can get out of sync. You notice that? <clears throat> Don't act so spiritual. Every single one of us have been in a place <clears throat> where tests, trials, and life happens. And what happens? We get out of sync. We get out of step. That's why we're told repeatedly in Scripture to walk in the Spirit. We're, we're commanded to align our lives to walk in the Spirit. Why is that? Because we can get out of step, out of sync with, but praying in the Holy Ghost keeps us in sync with the Holy Spirit. Keeps us focused in. What does Hebrews tell us? Tells us it says, keep your eyes focused. Let our set our eyes on Jesus, who what is the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us focus in, set our eyes on Christ. Well, what, what, is, what is the author and the finisher or the captain? Hebrews calls him the captain of our salvation. What is he doing? He's leading the charge. He's leading the army. He's leading his people. And our eyes are fastened. We're fixated on the captain, the leader of our salvation, who leads us not under command of, of threat of death, but who leads us in a charge of his love. He's, he's called us and commissioned us by his love. He's drawn us out of this world into his by a commission of love. So we set our eyes and fix our eyes on Christ who's leading us by his love. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Let me read this from the Passion Translation. It says, But you, my delightfully loved friends, remember the prophecies of the apostles of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. They taught you that in the last days there will always be mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. These people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instincts, devoid of the life of the Spirit. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, praying by, by praying, by praying, by praying, what? Yep, by praying every moment in the Spirit. Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. So we have to be filled with the Spirit. In Matthew chapter 25, if you flip over there, we find the story of the ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven will be like. So this is important. The kingdom of heaven will be like. Jesus is telling us 
a story about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We need to pay attention. This is important. This is about the church. This is about God's kingdom. This is about you and I, that we function. We function. We operate in the kingdom of God, right? Hello. Y'all out there. We operate. We're a part of the kingdom of God. We operate in God's kingdom. Our kingdom is not of this earth. We're just passing through. This is temporary. We, we operate. We are citizens of God's kingdom, heavenly kingdom. So we have to know if you're, let me pause. And what I'm saying, the reason why I'm saying this is if you're going to operate, if you're going to live in a kingdom, you ought to know how it functions. We are part of the United States of America. We have a democracy, sort of. Um, that's what we're told. And um, so we have that. And we have to know how it functions. We know how it operates. If we don't know how it operates, we end up, well, never mind. Anyway, we know how it functions. We know how it operates, right? You have to know how to function within that. I can't just go out here uh, down Dan Street as much as I, my flesh might like to go 50 or 60 or 70 miles an hour to get home. There, that's a 25, if you didn't know this, it's a 25 mile an hour <laughs> I know, I know people don't know that, but it's 25 mile an hour in front of the church. I know for a fact people don't know that. There's also stop signs out there. I, I saw this morning that those are not really visible, that people don't know what the color red on a sign means. But anyway, um, those, it's all out there. If, if I decide to go out there and go, and I can tell you this from, uh, from watching, uh, having an office here, coming here a lot, uh, there are police who sit in this parking lot quite frequently to watch for people who, who make that decision to not function by the law of the land. And they're looking for people who go, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour or even, you know, 30, 40, whatever. They're looking, they're watching. Why? Because it's breaking the law. We know how to function and to operate because there's laws in place, there's principles in place. There, so if you're going to operate according to God's kingdom, you've got to know the laws, the principles, and what's in place for you and I, right? The, if it's there, if it's part of the kingdom, it means that I can function and I can operate according to that, that I can have whatever that says. If, the, if God's telling me there's something in that, there's a kingdom reality in that, that means there's something for me and how I function and how I operate in the heavenly kingdom. You all tracking with me? <clears throat> so this is one of those parables is talking about describing a heavenly kingdom. And he says it shall be like Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps uh, took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Now, I know you've heard this probably read before, but I want you to just listen to this again with fresh ears. That the foolish went and they took their lamps... But they did not take their vessels. They did not take anything to hold extra oil. They only took the lamp and the oil, just enough oil to get them through a couple of hours. Right? Both groups, wise and foolish, both went out to meet the bridegroom. Both of them had oil. Only one of them had a surplus. And they all fell asleep. They all slumbered while they waited and they slept. And at the midnight hour, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go up to me. I don't know about you, but when I'm sound asleep, uh, a few couple months back or whenever it was, Heather and I are sound asleep in the middle of the night and and. Zoe starts blood-curdling scream. I thought somebody was in the house. I thought somebody had broken into our house, and they were in Zoe's room. And, I mean, we were sound asleep, set straight up, both of us simultaneously, set up straight up in the bed. What's going on? And she's getting her phone, the light. I'm grabbing, where's the gun? You know, I'm like, we're ready. I don't care who's in this house. They ain't leaving alive, especially if they're messing with my daughter. They're, it's up to God whether or not they live or die. <laughs> I'm just going to act out, and it's up to him to handle the rest. And uh, 
And she was just having a nightmare, but it, it scared us, freaked us out, because she was, you know, just that little girl blood-curdling scream. So I, I can't imagine, sound asleep, the bridegroom's coming. And isn't that so like our culture today? We've been lulled to sleep. And I think if we were to hear the trumpet sound of heaven and the call of the angels, the bridegroom's coming! I think it would startle most people to death. There's, they would have no reality of what that even were to mean for them. And here we are as a church. Do we, do we have our vessels full and overflowing? Our wicks trimmed, our lights burning? And do we have a supply of Holy Ghost oil? So then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. They lit their lamps and the foolish said to the, can you just get the picture in your mind trying to light a candle without oil, the wick without oil, and just constantly trying to strike matches, trying to get it to burn, and it's just not burning, it's just not working. Have you ever, ever had that happen, maybe spiritually, where you felt like, man, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to prime the pump, I'm just trying to do what's right, I'm just trying to strike the match just to get something to work, just to have breakthrough, just to have something happen in my life. And every time you strike, it's nothing. You feel like it's going nowhere. Anybody, am I the only one? You just, fullness of the Holy Ghost. That's why we got to build ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to have our vessels full of supernatural oil. And so they were trying to trim their lamps. They were trying to light. They couldn't. They said, give us, verse 8, some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. And the wise answered, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and said, those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. <clears throat> I skipped over something there. The bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. They were ready. They were willing. They had their vessels ready to go. Not everyone who calls himself a believer is ready and willing to go. It's so important praying. I'm not saying you have to be baptized. There's, there's a great misunderstanding that you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. But the importance of the Holy Spirit on that journey is absolutely imperative. You and I need the fullness of the Holy Spirit as we journey together with the Lord while we're waiting for that great day where we hear the trumpet call of heaven. You and I need the fullness of His Spirit praying in the Holy Ghost, building ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, one of my, I know, I say it all the time, favorite verses Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, you've read it, you've heard it before, I'm sure we say it frequently, but it says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be being continually, perpetually, ongoing is the context of that verse, be being filled continually, it's the, it's the Greek is a constant action, it's, it's perfect tense, be being filled with the Spirit. That word filled in Ephesians 5.18 is to cram in, to pack down, to make a vessel absolutely full. To, to find where, to, to just press it down, shake it together so that it's running over. Sound familiar? That there's a constant inflow and overflow in your life of the Spirit of God. In John chapter 12, let me, let me actually go back, Ephesians 5, I want to read this. It says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And that we see the result of this infilling, that there's, a, there's an overflow that happens. Watch this. So there's be being filled, constantly being filled, constantly being saturated. Everybody say constantly. Continually. Continually perpetually being filled. Tell somebody next to you, say, be filled. Overflow. 
Okay, so we're being filled with the Spirit of God perpetually. Watch what happens. That you are speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in in your heart to the Lord. There's an overflow of worship, singing over one another, blessing one another. Why'd you get quiet on me up in here? Singing over one another, blessing one another, praying. That's what you're doing. You're singing songs. You're prophesying and blessing one another, making melody in your heart to the Lord. It reminds me that the, in Acts 2, it says that great fear came upon them all, and they lived with simplicity of heart. There was a singleness of heart and vision, and they lived simply together with one another. There was no contention or striving over. Re- Remember when they had striving in the church in Acts 6, what they do? They immediately responded and said, we need people who are full of the Holy Ghost to handle this situation. Anytime there was a concern or a point of contention, it was always, let's see what seems good to the Holy Spirit. Let's get men together. Let's get people together who are full of the Holy Spirit and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about this. Why? The Holy Spirit builds us. He's building us up individually, and he's building us up corporately. So as you begin to sing and to pray in the Spirit, and we do that individually He does it in us corporately as well, praying in the Spirit. So building up, praying, being full of the Spirit. That word filled is the same word in John chapter 12 and verse 3. If you remember after Lazarus had died, Jesus went and he raised him up. And Mary, that night at dinner, Mary brings in a very expensive Perfume, and she breaks it open and she begins to pour out her worship on the feet of Jesus. She begins to pour out this costly perfume on the feet of Jesus and anoint him and, and begin to worship him. And the Bible says in John 12 3 that the aroma of that fragrance, the perfume, filled the house, that it was, it was saturated with the fragrance of that perfume. Have you ever walked in somewhere that was saturated or uh, filled with an aroma, and you walk in and you smell the fragrance of that cologne or the perfume, or maybe in our house, the essential oils, you smell it, you walk in and it, it smells like that perfume. He wants to fill your life every aspect of your life with his fragrant oil. He wants to fill every part of your life with his fragrant anointing oil that out of your life flows the fragrance of heaven, that out of your mouth flows the fragrance of heaven, that out of your life, your decisions, your behaviors flows the fragrance of God. His name is like oil poured forth. There's the Holy Ghost is like a fragrant oil being poured over my head, being poured over your head. The the oil of heaven, the fragrant oil of heaven, the anointing oil of heaven is pouring over you. He wants to be a fragrant oil in your life. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, just lift your hands. Jesus, just let him pour out his oil on you. Fill us up, Lord. Be full of the Spirit. Don't be devoid of the Spirit of God, but be filled with the Spirit. Be overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, don't stop. Be let him fill you. I just feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Jesus, fill us with the oil of heaven. We want to be filled Filled with the Holy Ghost, not devoid, not lacking, not having to say that we lack, but Lord, that we be filled with, overflowing with 
the Holy Ghost. Cabra mande sonane me yeshe kebraman soto bramama mande brebe seyama. Hallelujah. Jude said that we are to be filled, not devoid, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians that I pray with my understanding and I pray with the Spirit. I sing with my understanding and I sing in the Spirit. It is imperative to your spiritual journey that you pray in the Holy Ghost. Romans 8 tells us that I don't know how to pray. If you flip over, I don't know what to pray for. I have weakness. My, we're, we're like the disciples in the garden. When Jesus says, come away and pray, we want to come away and sleep. Jesus is calling us out to pray in the Spirit. And our, our natural man wants to find a comfy little patch of grass and lay down and go to sleep under the olive tree. But the Holy Ghost, what does he do? He helps us in our weakness. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit, soon anti-lambanami, he helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which we cannot understand. The Holy Ghost is praying. He's helping us. He's coming and working with us, wrestling with our natural carnal selves to get us in to the place of supernatural natural power. You and I and our carnal selves lack. We lack the power. We lack the unction. We even lack the desire or, or even the, the remote inkling to want to be in the place of his power and his presence. But the Holy Ghost helps us in our weakness. When you don't want to shout amen, when you don't want to lift your hand in worship, when you don't want to tell the devil to take a flying leap off the cliff and find himself another pig, when you don't, come on now, somebody. When you don't feel like it, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you will help soon anti-lambanum. I don't feel like it. I want to be carnal. You can't look at the garbage on your computer and pray in tongues too. You can't pull out your phone and live in carnality and pray in the Spirit too. You can't talk and complain and grumble and pray in the Spirit too. But when you begin to kebra I'm building myself up in the Holy Ghost. Layer by layer, I'm building an edifice. I'm being edified. You got fear problems, pray in the Spirit. When you feel fear coming on or anxiety coming on or depression, you are not called to live in that mess. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Doesn't mean that you won't go through a, a season, but my God, you ought to be praying in the Holy Ghost every day of that season, every minute of that season. I'm not going to settle for this depression. I'm not going to settle for this fear. I'm not going to settle. This is not what I'm called to live. You can get more from praying in the Holy Ghost than you can at the counselor's office. Don't shout me down. You can get more praying in the Holy Ghost than popping a pill. You need those things? Great. They're helpful. But I promise you, you can get more from the Holy Ghost. Pull up on the therapy couch of heaven. And just say, fill me up, Jesus. Bravo, shake, amande. Bravo, That's what counseling looks like. Man, that's good stuff. It's therapy for your soul. I thank God for counselors. Thank God for Veronica. Thank God for counselors and all doctors and all those. We need them, and I thank God for them. I'm not saying don't go to them. But, man, the whole I have a physician whose name is Jesus. And he has a counselor right next door called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I can, I can stop in one hospital visit and get everything I need. I don't have to go all over town. I don't even have to do a virtual visit. I just have to come to church, lay on the floor, say, here we go. Let's do it, Lord. <laughs> you can lay in your bedroom and just, Lord, fill me up. <laughs> Praying in the Spirit. 
Praying in the Spirit, building yourself up in the Holy Ghost. In Matthew 7, we find the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. Where are you building your house? (laughs) Matthew 7. Let's just flip over there. Just get that. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Verse 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Who's the wise man? The man who heard and does. Mm hmm. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was what founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, you can hear what I'm preaching today and not do them. Foolish man who built, yeah, I said it, it's right there in the Bible. Foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You can hear and hear and hear and never do. Jesus is telling us in his word how to build a house that stands firm. How do you do that? We just said... Build yourself up in your, by praying in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up in your holy faith by what? Praying in the Spirit. How do you build a house that stands? Praying in the Holy Ghost. This isn't hard. (laughs) Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18 says we ought to pray in the Spirit at all times. It says praying in the Spirit at all times. I love Ephesians 6. I won't take the time to go and read it all. But it's the, it's the armor of God chapter. Talking about the armor of God. And at the very end, using the sword of the Spirit. In verse 18, praying in the Spirit at all times. So he goes through this whole list of the armor of God. And we leave this verse out when we talk about the armor. So many people leave this verse out. This is how armor gets activated. This is how the power comes in the armor you wear. By praying in the spirit at all times. You can have the helmet of salvation. You can know that you're born again. But have you ever found yourself at any point in your life ever saying, am I really born again? Questioning, am I saved? Or walking through, especially as a new believer. Guess what? Praying in the Spirit. What does the Spirit do? The Spirit tells me. He testifies to me. That's what Romans says. That He testifies to me. He tells me that I'm a child of God. So as I begin to pray in the Spirit, guess what happens? The Holy Ghost is talking to me about who I am in Christ. You say, but you're praying in an unknown language. Absolutely. And my carnal, natural brain doesn't get it. But this man right here, you can't see him because he's on the inside of this shell right here. But this man right here who's standing before you understands and is receiving something from the Holy Spirit that doesn't under... Do you understand? And everybody who just said amen that they understood is listening with ears that aren't of their natural. (laughs) You can hear things that your natural ears can't hear. Your inner man, your spirit man picks up on things. So as you're listening, you're tuning into the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you. He's showing you things. You know, I I can't tell you how many times I've been praying in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit will begin, not speak, but reveal things in the moment. It's not words, it's it's but revelation in the moment as I'm praying in the Spirit. And it's just as sure and real as as this podium standing right here. But it's, it's a, and I see it in the Spirit and I act, I have wisdom, but I act in wisdom according to what He has shown. And time and time and time again, he's worked it out. He did exactly whatever it is he showed. 
Why is that? Because there's a revelation that comes as you pray in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up. It's like, you know, you go out, if you start building a house, they put in the, the foundation, and, and then as you keep building, they start putting up the walls and all those things. When you start off building a house, you might be at the foundation level. But as you keep praying in the Spirit, b- before long, you'll start seeing the walls go up. Before long, you start seeing the roof get put on. Before long, you start seeing the decorations on the wall and the furniture in the house. Why? Because you're praying, building up, constantly building, constantly adding to revelation of God. And, man, this is good. (laughs) Some of you have been wondering, I've, I've had a scripture, I've had a word, but it's just been stuck. God's giving you a word. I don't know who you are this morning. God's giving you a word, but you've been stuck. You've been stagnated on that word. And it's a good word, but you've just been stagnated on it. You've been trying to hold on, hold on. And good God, you've just been holding on. Activate. Activate the sword of the Spirit. How do you do that? This is the sword the Spirit uses. And so if the Lord has given you a word from the sword, activate the sword by praying in the Holy Ghost, by praying in the Spirit. It's how you activate His word. Pray it in your natural. Pray it in the Spirit and activate that word. Use it. It's living. It's sharper. It's, oh, God. (laughs) I wish... It's burning on the inside of me this morning. Somebody here, you've just been stuck and stagnant. You say, but God said he did. But you look like someone holding on to, if you've ever seen someone caught in floodwaters, <clears throat> holding on to their car, not trying to get swept away. You're no more convinced of that word than the person who's sure of their car in the middle of the floodwaters. What you've got to do is become sure, steadfast in faith on what God's word said about you and what he's saying concerning you. And how do you do that? It's not saying, woe is me and maybe someday, but saying, Lord, I'll take you at your word. This is what you said. It's living. It's act. Thank you, Jesus, that this word that you've spoken over my life is living life. It's powerful. It's sharper. It's working. Right now, I may not see it, but it's working. Your word never fails. Your word holds me secure. My anchor is held sure in your word. And as you begin to pray in the spirit and declare that you're building in your life, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Well, go between your natural and your spiritual. <clears throat> pray in the spirit, pray in the natural. Go between the, the two. And I assure you, as you do that, spiritually, there is a building being constructed in your life. What begins to happen as you pray in the spirit, those walls are going up. This is, if you're going to do this, here's a great way to practice this. As you're praying in the spirit... Hello. You can get it. I don't know who's calling, but they want your attention. So as you're, as, you're, as you're praying in the Spirit, you're building. And as you're watching the Holy Spirit build in your life, because you have eyes of faith, right? You're praying in the Spirit. You're viewing and seeing this through eyes of faith. You start what? You start saying with your natural what you're seeing in the supernatural. Right? So you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that right now people are being saturated in the Holy Ghost. Lord, that this isn't falling on deaf ears. Lord, that you're opening the heart to receive. Thank you, Lord, that ears are being opened right now. Lord, those that are stuck are being unloosed right now. Breakthroughs. 
Thank you, Jesus, that they'll walk in victory. Thank you, Lord, that everything they set their hand to is blessed. Thank you, Lord, that they walk in provision. They walk in the fullness. Lord, they walk in the fullness of the Holy Ghost and not wimpy, weak Christians. Woo! But full of the Holy Ghost and authority. Lord, they'll take their city captive with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The strongholds will come down. The hands on the sick set the captives free in the name of Jesus. Excuse me while I build myself up in the Holy Ghost. Then, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I got to come back here. <laughs> forgot you all were here for a minute. <laughs> so you just begin to pray. And then as you're praying in the spirit, what happens? You see what God, you, you, he shows you what he's doing in the moment. And you begin to pray that out in the, in the natural, your natural language. And then what's, what's happening is your spirit man and your natural man are in alignment. We live so out of sync sometimes, but it brings into alignment what our spiritual man is thriving, living on, longs for, and what our carnal man needs to be disciplined to. Did you hear me? Our carnal man needs to be disciplined to some things. Our carnal man needs to be disciplined to not complaining. Our car, I, could, I could sit here and complain about y'all, or I can pray in the spirit and let God deal with you. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> right? I can, I can sit and grumble and complain, or I can pray in the Spirit and let God do it. I can, my, my, my natural man needs to be disciplined. How do you do that? Pray in the Spirit. You're building up. This is good stuff. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the Word of the Lord. <laughs> this is good stuff. Acts 8. I'm just going to keep digging. Some of you need me to dig a little bit, so I'm going to dig a little bit. I'm, not, I'm in no hurry. I hope you aren't. I don't know. Is there a football game on? It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're going to discipline ourselves. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to discipline ourselves. Good stuff. Acts 8. Saul was consenting to his death. Talking about Stephen. That's a great way to start off. And Saul was consenting to his death. Stephen. And at that great, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. So there is... Saul has just given his approval for Stephen to be martyred. He's been killed. They're burying Stephen. The church is being scattered. Great persecution is happening against the church. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Entering, listen, this sounds familiar in some of the days in the news that we listen to. Made havoc of the church, entering every house. And dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. <laughs> I love that. You can't stop the spread of the gospel. The very thing that try, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't stop. Persecution just makes it worse. And I don't, I don't, we, if, if people certainly don't learn through history. Because if they did, they could look, they could look through history and see time and time again where they've tried to stop the spreading of the gospel. Persecution has only made it thrive. What you really want to do, if you want to get a bunch of Christians to be quiet, you just make them fat and happy. You really, you just make them really good and content. It's, it's the, the devil's just stupid. Because, it, because if, you, if you really want to get a bunch of Christians to just sit back and, 
there's dumb sheep. And Psalms 23 tells us how to make, make dumb sheep respond. You just get them happy and na- nice and relaxed and comfortable by streams of living water. And make sure their needs are taken care of. And just make them really good and dependent on you. And just get them really good and comfortable. And they'll lay down fat and happy. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to help you. That If you want a clue <clears throat> to how to live victorious, <clears throat> it surely isn't laying by the streams of living water and just letting everybody just <clears throat> make you feel good about yourself. <clears throat> if, you, if you really want to live an on fire for God life, then you ought to turn up the fire of the persecution. I know you don't like this, but if you really want to, if you really want to be stirred in your passion for God, if you really want to dig deep and go deeper in the things of the Lord, just turn up the turn up the fire. Turn up the fire of Nebuchadnezzar. Turn up the fire. Uh, turn up the fire in the furnace. Turn up the turn up the lions in the in the in the den. Turn up the Stephen's uh, stones that they killed him. Turn start turning up those things. The fire that burned the martyrs at the stake. Turn that up. Turn up the fire. Let me tell you something. There's safety in that fire. There's passion when the fire, the fire might be burning on the outside, but the Holy Ghost fire gets lit up on the inside. There's always a fourth man in the middle of that test. There's a fourth man always in the middle of that trial, and his name is Jesus. If you could just, the Holy Ghost and power will move in your life. I, I thank God for easy times, but I, I think sometimes we get it too easy. We have it a little too easy in our society in America right now. We, we have it a little, we've just been lulled to sleep and we sit back and we're comfortable. We need the boldness of the Holy Ghost again. It's, mm-hmm, okay, that wasn't what I was going to preach, but there you go, it was a freebie. <laughs> that was not in my notes. Acts 8. <laughs> They were scattered everywhere preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria. He's waiting on tables. His buddy Stephen gets stoned. He heads out to Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So great signs and wonders were happening. Unclean spirits... Crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame. They were healed and there was great joy in that city. Philip had gone down the middle of a season of persecution. He's preaching, laying hands, ministering, and supernatural things are taking place. And the city is turned upside down and it's filled with the joy of the Lord. And there was a certain man called Simon, who had previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is great power, has great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. They had misdirected worship. They thought the sorcerer was from God. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And Simon himself, this great sorcerer, also believed. And he was baptized and continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. That's just an indicator of what was happening. There there was a great awakening taking place in the city of Samaria. People were being healed, born again, delivered, set free, and even to the, the, the greatest sorcerer, the greatest witch doctor, the greatest magician in the city got born again too. Is that things were happening, things were shaken. And when the apostles, the leadership in Jerusalem, the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what'd they do? They sent Peter and John to them. Peter and John had a unique message they brought to Samaria. Philip was working signs and wonders. There was salvation, things happening. But Peter and John came with another message. 
and, and to keep building, the building up. They came with another message that they needed to hear, and they came down and prayed for them. They, they might receive the Holy Spirit. Did they, re, did they receive the, the seal of salvation by the Holy Ghost when they were born again? Absolutely. Was the Holy Spirit working signs and wonders in, in the city of Samaria? Absolutely. Was the Holy Spirit on Philip's life? Absolutely. But they came with the message that you must be full of the Holy Spirit. And they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Verse 17 says, then they laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. Philip had been preaching, prophesying, and think great things happening. But here come Peter and John. And we're going to lay hands on everything that moves. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You think think it's been good up until now. Just wait. (laughs) This same power, this same anointing, and this is what happened. The same power, the same anointing that's on Philip can be in your life. This isn't any longer just about what Philip is doing in his ministry. There's a transfer. There's something that God wants to do, not just in your life. Now he wants to do it through your life. The same Holy Ghost that was on Philip can be upon you. The same anointing that was on Jesus, that was on Philip, that can be on you. Did you hear me? The same anointing, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. That same Holy Ghost that raised Christ from the dead dwells and lives in you. Praying in the Spirit, building yourself up, absolutely essential to your spiritual life. Absolutely essential to your spiritual life. And I'm certain there are those this morning who say, well, that sounds good, but, hey, listen, you can have your big butt, but I'm going to get busy about building myself up. (laughs) I'm going to be busy about building myself up. You may have every objection why you don't want to, but I'm just going to offer to you today that Jesus has extended to you the same Holy Spirit, same power, same anointing. Worship team, why don't you come back? The same anointing that was on Jesus can operate in your life. Praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up. Praying in the Spirit, building yourself up. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Praying in the Spirit, building yourself. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled. Maybe you're here this morning. And say, I've, I've received before. That's great. Jesus never said, stop receiving. He said, keep receiving. <laughs> say, I've, had, I've been touched before. Thank God you got touched, but you need to be filled. Thank God that it's not just a touch, it's a feeling. Well, it's not just a feeling, it's a filling. <laughs> Woo! It's not just a touch, it's a feeling. It's an overflow. Come on, somebody. You need... The baptism, the immersion in, praying in the Holy Ghost, constantly, continually being filled. Jesus, 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 fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, manana neme seye ya manana na matoko so, brodorebe seya la 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 mande, brama mamo so kotori la la mande, brama seye sheke ma. Let him fill you. Just forget about who's around you. Just lift your hands and let him saturate you. Let him fill you right where you're at. Yeah, you don't. La 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 koshe masse. La 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 mamondo brebase. Jesus, we worship you. La 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 mamase. Come on, worship team, just pray out in the spirit. Come on, just press in. La 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 mamase. 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 Building myself up. Praying in the spirit. Building up. Edifying myself. I'm going to edify. I'm going to build up. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Just pray in the spirit. Come on. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray out. Forget about who's around you. What's happening? Just press in. Just press in right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Jesus, Jesus, we worship you. We're building ourselves up in the Holy Ghost, layer by layer. Yeah, you need to learn to discipline yourself by praying in the Holy Ghost. 